Talk Radio 96.7. You ready to talk some sports? Ronnie O and Coach Joe are in the Ozone. Oh, yeah. Brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland and by Foshi Jewelers, your one-stop jewelry store. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. We are talking sports. Give us a call, 863-682-1430. That's 682-1430. And if you're technologically inclined, you can reach us at ozone at hallradio.net. That's ozone at hallradio.net. Well, this Saturday... The Florida Gators are going to travel up to Columbia, South Carolina, where they're going to take on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Noon tip, 11.30 pregame on WONN, 107.1, 12.30 a.m. Then next Tuesday, the Gators will return home to take on Alabama. They lost in overtime in Tuscaloosa. The game in Gainesville on Tuesday will be a 7 p.m. tip. That has been changed to accommodate television, 6.30 pregame. And then the Gators' final regular season game, they'll travel to Nashville to take on the Vanderbilt Commodores, 4.30 tip, 4 p.m. pregame. Well, the Florida Gators didn't look great in doing it, but they did win their 20th game, Coach Joe. Well, they did something really important uh, in that game and in the game last Saturday with Vanderbilt, You know, handling the bottom of the league is almost as important as how you do against the, the uh, upper part of the league because, you know, the, really, the committee really doesn't like to see you lose to teams you're not supposed to. The thing is, especially in the SEC, is there aren't any real, uh, you know, doormats. Uh, these are the, the Vanderbilt, Missouri, are both teams with proud basketball traditions, but they're not playing well this year. Yeah. And they're not. And, and, but they're going to fight you tooth and nail, and they play everybody tough. Yeah. Well, Missouri's 0-15 in the conference, I think, and Vanderbilt's maybe won twice. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They they're not uh, they're not good in their terms of their records. But when you watch them play, they don't just uh, show up and get beat. They play very hard. But what happens, and, and this has been a similar uh, trend for Missouri, is they'll play tough, but down the stretch, they don't have what it takes to get it done. And in this case, they had no answer for Tyrese Samuel, who stepped up big after. Uh, Clayton got himself uh, tossed out of the game yeah. or fouled out of the game, as it were, through a technical foul and also previous to that, a unnecessary foul that he should have known better. Good experience for the Gators who were put out of their comfort zone yet had to hang in there and fight through that, and that's what the tournament's all about. Well, Florida State is 15-13 and 13 in Miami. What in the world happened to them? They were 15-7 and seven on February 3rd. They've lost seven in a row. They're now fifteen and fourteen. Yeah, Pack has been out. I guess he's hurt, and that's and the Canes have pretty much been sinking slowly now, more quickly. They they played North Carolina tough twice, ended up losing two close games, but then they started. Uh, they've been really giving away games badly lately, and and then Duke just took them out by twenty nine points, and uh, it does seem like Miami's lost their spirit this this season. I, I watch them several times already, and, you know, the efforts they put against Georgia Tech, against Boston College, teams that they really should beat, you know, even with the current level of talent, even without Pack uh, playing, but they, they couldn't, and it's just not going, happening for them this year. Whatever magic they had isn't there right now. Well, Jim Laranaga is about 128 years old, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he knows uh, he knows a thing or two about basketball, but uh, he he can't he can't get them out of this funk, and we'll have to see 
what sort of changes are in store for the Hurricanes going forward? I, I would expect him him to be quite active in the portal in the offseason because they're not going to make the tournament now, and probably an NIT team, probably. They're not even for sure about that yet. And it almost looks for sure that they're going to have to play in the first night of the ACC tournament, which means that you got to win five times in a row if you want to uh, win the championship and get to the NCAA tournament. And that's not going to happen with this Canes team. No, I would say not. And FSU, um, you know, another Leonard Hamilton, longtime coach there. They're 15 and 13. They've um, actually been playing better lately. But uh, not they. It's been a well a couple of years now since they were you know really good yeah. and they and then they sort of fell off a little bit. I'm not quite exactly sure uh, why things went uh, badly for them as quickly as it did. Uh, you, you know the, the 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 but FSU hasn't been that great this year. They played a little bit better in the conference uh, schedule. Uh, also looking at an NIT bid probably, uh, but again they're going to have to fight through the ACC tournament. And they're not in the ACC is not that great, Ronnie. But they're not in. They're in the lower uh, half of it. You know, there's a number of teams that are better than FSU right now. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and take a break. We come back. We're going to have former Florida Gator and current Tulane linebackers coach Bam Hardman with us. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone on Talk 96.7 WLKF. This is Rick Wilson, retired NASCAR driver and former Barto Yellow Jacket. You are listening to the Ronnie O and Coach Joe. Ronnie O and Coach Joe warmed up, ready to go in the Ozone. The Ozone tonight brought to you by Foshi Jewelers, your one-stop jewelry store, and by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone, and with us is Maybe the most appropriately named defender in the history of the University of Florida, Mr. Byron Bam Hardiman. Bam, welcome to the Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe. Thanks, thanks, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Well, I'll tell you, I think, first of all, congratulations are in order for you. Um, You guys, you and Coach Summerall at Troy won 23 games in the last two years, and now you're going to Tulane that's had a similar record and you're going to be coaching the defensive ends there. Is that right for the Green Wave? Yeah, well, outside backers over at, at Tulane but uh, in run game quarter, but excited about the opportunity, man. Uh, Tulane itself had a really good season last couple of years, and, and Troy did as well. And really what we're looking to do is bring the, the Troy brand over to Tulane, and, and let's try to make it to the playoffs, to be honest with you. Oh, man. Well, you had um, a great high school career, Ed White, high school up in Jacksonville, and um, you guys were in the playoffs just about every year, weren't you? We were. We were in the play- playoffs every year. Didn't quite win a state title, but uh, went to the second round, uh, I guess my freshman year, and third round, uh, uh, my I guess the sophomore, junior, senior year. But had some really good years, um, you know, eight game, nine win seasons every year. So it was a really good time under Dan Dish over at Ed White. Boy, I tell you what, and then you go to the University of Florida and you play for Steve Spurrier and then ultimately Ron Zook. And, um, you know, I was, we had talked earlier, and when I first met you, uh, it was in the weight room. Coach Zook was taking us on a tour, and you and some of the other guys were there, and 
Somebody said, uh, Coach said, uh, what are you squatting now? He said, you guys want to get on the squat machine with me? And nobody took him up, so he must have been pretty good on those squats, huh? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Ron Zook, now he doesn't – he doesn't bow down to any challenge for one, <laughs> and then he takes pride in the weight room for sure. He, he's a heck of a guy. Um, I mean, really a player's coach for sure, and just a, a really good guy to be around. And he really does a good job of encouraging guys and pushing them as well. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed talking to him. He, he was very down to earth and uh, a really good guy. I mean, just uh, too bad that he had to follow such a legend like Steve Spurrier. I mean. Even if you won all the games, you wouldn't have won by enough or whatever. I mean, that was just yeah. a tough deal, right? Oh, yeah, without a question. Coach Spurrier, I had the privilege of being under him for three years, and, and what a great, great head coach, offensive-minded guy um, that, that knows how to win ball games and, and really know how to get the most out of his players. You know, one of the things that uh, I've heard about Coach Spurrier was that the guys said, you know, all of, he was so confident that that confidence – was shown the teams tend to play like their coach coaches and he was so confident that you guys were just confident you were going to go out there and beat whoever they put in front of you oh yeah without a question i mean preparation breeds the confidence piece and uh we definitely prepared the right way for one and then just to go out and we competed in practice and when you have a lot of talent and you compete in practice and if you just think about some of the great names that that had success at florida and then if you think about who's on the other side practicing against them every day, it's one of those things where there was a, a lot of competition every day. So it wasn't anything where where something was handed to some of those great players that, that were there. But it's just one of those things where guys had to continue to compete day in and day out. And what that does is breed success. Did you have to go against Mike Pearson in practice, or who, who did you go did, against most of the time? I did not. Which Mike Pearson? Where you talking about the offensive lineman? From, yeah, from Armwood. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. He's he's a heck of a talent. Um, between he, uh, you know, obviously Rex Grossman, we came in together, and Jesse Palmer was there as a quarterback at one point as well during my career. But it was some really good talent there. Taylor Jacobs as a wide out running back being Ernest Graham. So that group of guys on the offensive side was was awesome, was great, you know, guys that competed. And that's what being a Gator is all about, just competing every day at practice and then just still wanting the best for your teammates as well. Our guest tonight, former Gator, former Bucks linebacker Bam Hardman, is now coach outside linebackers coach at Tulane University, 682-1430, 682-1430 if you want to join in the conversation. Bam, Coach Joe here. It's good talking to you. You know, you were with the Gators from 1999 to 2002. That included one of my favorite teams, the, the uh, team in 2000 that won the SEC title. I loved being up in Atlanta watching you guys beat up on Auburn in the championship <laughs> game. Yep, uh, yep. Could you tell us a little bit about that experience? Because uh, it certainly was uh, brings back a lot of memories for, uh, for, for those of us who love the Gators. Oh, yeah. Well, that was a great year. Um, that was the second time we had played them as well. So, as you know, it's hard to, you know, that second time to beat anybody. But we, we had a great game plan. We came in, and they had a really good offense for sure, being Sean Alexander at running back. Uh, that's one of the big guys. Uh, I know the offensive lineman, I can't remember his name right now, but um, they had a really good, you know, team. Obviously, hell, they're in the SEC Conference Championship game. So, 
we came out. We played well. Um, the year before, we had lost in the conference game. So this year was really good. This being my second year at, at Florida, it was uh, it was a great experience to win the title that year, being my second year in college. You know, the following year, you had a great team as well. Had that uh, tough loss in that game that was delayed against Tennessee until later in the season, which turned out to be Steve Spurrier's last home game. Uh, did you guys have any idea that uh, he was going to uh, leave college football after the Orange Bowl? No, no. Well, let me say I had no idea. And uh, the guys that I that are kind of in my circle, I, I don't believe knew either. But I mean, he he did a great job at Florida, without a doubt. And that's what I mean. Let's be honest. Success brings about other opportunities. So I can't blame him for that because you know now that I'm in coaching as well over at Tulane and. Uh, although you hate to make moves and see people leave and, you know, rather be players leave early to go to, uh, to, go to the NFL, that's what success brings. It brings about opportunities. And uh, he had the opportunity to go to the next level of, of, uh, in the NFL, and he chose to take that path. And definitely with me having one more year left, uh, was not excited about it. But then, <laughs> you know, wasn't excited about it at all, but, Again, we had we had a, a really good year that that ended up sour, obviously with the with the Tennessee loss. But then to to finish up the the uh, actual season with the big bowl game win uh, versus Maryland that year was was uh, was awesome. You know, you mentioned Ernest Graham, and uh, there was the accusation that Darnell Dockett twisted his knee, and that's how he got hurt. Um, what do you know about that? He also tried to stomp on Rex Grossman's hand. Did you see any of that, or did? Hey, I, I did not. I did not. You hear stories about it, but at the end of the day, you know, it's one of those things where I'm sure Doc was was competing hard, and you never know what happens in the midst of those battles. Sometimes, yeah, I'm sure <laughs> unspeakable as, things as a, are going on in yeah, there. <laughs> as a fan, you don't know what happens on, underneath those piles either. So. Different things happen, and, and um, but we competed. We competed hard. You mentioned, Bam, you mentioned uh, opportunities. You've been at Troy for a number of years, and, and Troy is doing very well. But uh, Tulane is now developing into quite quite an amazing team in the American Conference, and uh, it's it's probably a step up, it would say, to become a coach there. Uh, can you uh, give us some idea of what, the process was like, you know, the decision to leave Troy after all these years and now go over to Tulane, which spent a lot of time ranked last year. I did. I did. Uh, well, Troy was, it's been good. Let me first of all say to my family and myself, uh, I was there for nine years. Uh, we, we had some ups and downs for sure, um, but a lot more ups than downs. Um, but then the, the opportunity to go to Tulane with Coach Summerall came about uh, and you know, he had come in, so like I said, I was at Troy for nine years, uh, a three-head coach survivor, as they yeah. say, because, you know, that, that, that's tough to do at times, but I felt like I had done a really good job at Troy. I had other opportunities uh, at times to, to make a move, and I just didn't feel like it was time, uh, but then once the two-lane opportunity came and, and Coach Summerall asked would I be interested in leaving, um, I, I said, yeah, and you know, I had an opportunity to stay at Troy as well, but I just felt like it was it was a good time for us. I was excited about what Tulane had going on, and and hopefully we can con- continue what we had going on at Troy. 
can we get that going at, at Tulane uh, with some resources, some, some athletes that we have here, and really just trying to make it to that that, uh, that playoff berth. Well, Bam, uh, you certainly have played under some great coaches. You mentioned Dan Dish in high school. You mentioned Ron Zook, who was an underrated coach, and, of course, Steve Spurrier. What have you taken from each of those guys that you're implementing in your coaching at the college level? Uh, well, I'll say, I mean, you mentioned it with Coach Spurrier, the confidence piece, just this believing in what you do, and that uh, will give you – that success that you're looking for. So that confidence piece that Coach Coach Spurrier has, um, really Coach Zook and Coach Dish, they're they're very very similar in a in some ways. Uh, both defensive minded coaches. So a lot of times you may get that where, and they're personable as a as a player to coach relationship, but yet very high demanding. Um, and then just being able to demand the most out of your players, but yet hug them and, and love them when it's time for that as well. So those would be some of the things that, that I learned from those guys. And I had countless, well, a, a lot of assistants as well that really helped influence me um, as I continue my path in the coaching uh, career as well. You know, last year Tulane uh, was ranked and looking like the possibility of getting that group of five position in the uh, uh New Year's Six Bowl Series. Now now it's a 12-team playoff coming up. Uh, last year, Tulane lost the American Athletic Championship to SMU. So SMU is going to be good again this year. Uh, USF is somewhat resurgent. Can you give us uh, kind of an early scouting report on uh, what to expect from the conference in the American Athletic uh, Conference? I think you said it where it's a really, really competitive conference. Um the one thing we have to do at Tulane is, is really find ourselves. So that's we'll harp on big this spring, which is a great opportunity for us to find out who we are. We got a lot of pieces that were filled. So now we got to build that camaraderie as a team to where everybody believes in playing for it, one another. Uh, some of the core values of our head coaches, attitude, toughness, discipline, and love. And so we can try to get all those core values um, thriving in the right direction, and I feel like we'll have the success that we all want, which is that playoff berth that you just spoke about. Well, Bam, it's pretty obvious why you've been successful as a coach. We can hear it in your voice. And uh, got to thank our mutual buddy, Kevin Martin. I'm going to have to make him executive producer of the show for <laughs> hey, hooking us up. Oh, he, yeah, he's a great guy. guy. I've known his dad for probably 40 years. And um, I had to give him some credit, and uh, I really appreciate you coming on tonight. I know you made an exception. Uh, I know you're at a party for the coaches, and uh, we appreciate it, and best of luck to you and the Tulane Green Wave. No problem. I appreciate you guys. Always appreciate the Gator Nation. Uh, And then also just go Green Wave. All right. (laughs) All right, Tulane. (laughs) Bam Hardman. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. Have fun at your party tonight. Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Man, what a great interview, man. I'm, oh, he's terrific. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was fantastic. All right, well, let's go ahead and take a break. Let's listen to Kim Commando, and we come back. The Eric Clark Foundation has given $12 million to the fabled counselor <laughs> to come I on with us. No, I haven't either. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. 
Talk Radio 96.7, rocking on in the 8 o'clock hour every Thursday. Ronnie and Joe in the Ozone. The Ozone tonight brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. And by Boshi Jewelers, your one-stop jewelry store. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone. We've had hundreds of requests, but we're going to bring him back anyway. The <laughs> fabled counselor. Fabled, how are you tonight? Ocean, you're old as Moses' as toe and twice as corny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, the fabled counselor, we have brought him on here. There is a lawsuit going on, Coach Joe. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, the earth is always uh, quaking in college football, but uh, the NCAA is uh, on a lot shakier ground now. You, you know, they, they penalized FSU. We talked about that for NIL violations. And then they went after Tennessee regarding the recruitment of quarterback Nico Imavalea. And uh, Tennessee fought back. They sued. And now they've been awarded a temporary injunction that basically brings NIL enforcement to a halt. Am I reading that right, Rusty? Yeah, you know, I hate to say it, but NIL could be dogs and cats living together. I mean, it's just, I I hate to say it, but I don't want to say it's the end of the world, but could be. Well, well, it's basically the NCAA can't can't enforce any NLI rules. Actually, NIL, I had it right in the first place. (laughs) They can't enforce any of their rules. Historically, they, uh, you know, with... with, uh, College football, television contracts, they, they just are not a able enforcement agency. Um, I know Ronnie O calls them like every month. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's the interesting thing about, about them trying to regulate NIL at all. Uh, first off, the, the courts already said forget about you know trying to prevent uh, athletes from benefiting from their name, image, and likeness. But now— they strongly hinted the court did that they're they're going to be found guilty of antitrust violations if they well, if, you know, with there, these rules. Antitrust is kind of a crazy thing, but there's only uh, congr- the Congress has allowed certain exemptions, and one organization who has an antitrust exemption is Major League Baseball, and. The NCAA, though, has just, again, their socks are all messed up. They can't even, they can't even figure it out. And everything they touch seems to turn to dirt. Well, and, you, you know, it's just crazy. It's just crazy how the NCAA can't, can't get their act together. Well, does this mean that uh, the penalties against FSU aren't going aren't to occur? Or, or any of the other, they were going after the Gators, too. Uh, yeah, about no, I, I, I right. think that, you know, the ability for them to enforce against their members is just going to be non-existent. Yeah, and I, I agree with you, Rusty. I, I think that's that's exactly what's happening. And, I mean, the, the penalties against Florida State were pretty mild anyway. I think a couple of scholarships and, you know, some coaching visits. or Yeah, well, there was some money involved, too. Yeah. And, and uh, no, I, the it, show it, cause it, order it, against the assistant coach. It, it, yeah. It's, new world and you know we saw in 1984 when the ability of them to put you know we when i grew up we watched one college football game with our, yeah. our team a and year. we loved and it 84 <laughs> kind of blew up and then now it's just amazing how well they're saturated with college football i mean you can watch 
everybody now. And uh, it's it's just though, I just think with NIL and everything that's coming out of this, it's just going to be it's a circus and a free for all. And you know, we'll see where it goes. But here's here's my question though. Joe, what is the most in fuego of in fuegos right now? In, 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 you have to US, be, USF basketball. USF basketball. They yeah. are crazy good. Yeah, we talked about the Gators being ranked. They're only one spot ahead of USF, which has beaten every all comers lately. The uh, hottest what? team they in college basketball. They lost their first conference game, and they won 14 straight? Yeah, yeah, they they that are going just, to win the regular that's incredible, season, and that's a great story. American title, it really is. They're, they're, we got to see them, Rusty. You remember when we were down in Broward <laughs> County? We got to see them beat FSU, and at the time, right. USF was considered a, a bottom dweller, and everybody thought, "Boy, FSU can't get any lower than this." But yeah. it turns out that was the beginning of something great. That guy Vargas, no, I really and, like and, him. And again, I you know, college basketball has kind of become my new favorite to see all of how that. But do we have name, image, and likeness in college basketball these days? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, absolutely. But, but they're but but uh, seeing USF, what they're doing, that's a great story. Um, you know, and so you know, just one of these things that the world is just changing, and I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. But well, it's a thing that's happening. Well, it's always better, and, and I'm always happier when good basketball is being played in these parts. And with the Gators and USF playing wonderfully right now, we talked about the disappointments uh, uh, UM and FSU are having, but the Gators and USF are bringing a lot of thrills to us uh, basketball fans. And uh, I'm looking forward to watching them in the coming weeks. But, you know, we talked about that we went down to Broward to watch them play. You're going to go watch the Gators play tomorrow, aren't you? Going up to uh, Columbia and uh, seeing them, uh, the the Gamecocks have struggled a little bit, but so have the Gators occasionally. But uh, you know, college basketball, uh, college baseball, college softball, college gymnastics those are those are things that you know we used to say you know don't pay attention to it, but it, it's amazing how well and how good. All of those student athletes are doing. Oh, the Gators oh, yeah. are great teams in all well, of those. Are you going to get you some pancakes and collard greens while you're up there? Oh, you know it, Arturo. <laughs> We're going to see him. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he's listening, or he'll catch us online. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. But uh, how about the Gators swim team? Yeah, how about that? They, Men's they and women's, done, huh? Yeah, uh, completely amazing. Completely amazing. They, they're they, doing well, and the golf team is fantastic. Yeah. Defending national champs and the men. They are. And the women are doing well, too. Fable, before we let you go, um, what's your idea on the court storming? You know, we were talking about that. Oh. They've got the wrong idea. You, you've got to punish the people doing it. Well, A fan you know, does not care if you find the university. Seen, <laughs> and, you know, it's obvious that we all have a gator bias, but – Trying to get on Florida field after a football game is like trying to breach the White House. It just can't. They just don't allow it to happen. And, yeah, I, I understand Wake Forest Duke, that issue, you know, particularly seeing somebody get hurt. You know, you just can't allow a mob mentality. Only at my house, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, Fable, have a good trip up there. We appreciate you coming on tonight it's and sharing pleasure, your expertise. Boys, and, and, you uh, know, 
um, I told uh, Coach Joe earlier today that I'm going to sue Orlando FC. Oh, that's because right. Because it's not football club. It's Orlando Fable Counselor. All right. I like it. I like it. Well, don't let that blue van pass you on your way up there. Bingo. All right. There's, well, Fable, guys. there's Fable only Counselor. one Orlando FC, and he, he was right here. That's right. Bingo. All right. All right, see ya. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Hi, this is Kenny Houston, former Redskins and Hall of Famer. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. Talk Radio 96.7. Ronnie O and Coach Joe, they're here right here in the Ozone. Brought to you by Foshi Jewelers, your one-stop jewelry store. And by... Allied Scrap Processors. All right, Ronnie and Coach Joe back in the Ozone. Before we get to Daryl, I know you're waiting right now. I know you're hungry. I know you're thirsty. So, our sports quiz. You know the rules. If you've won in the last six months, you are not eligible to win, and we've got a list. So, here's what we want to know. If you want to go out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House, eat and drink what you want, and take $30 off your tab we're talking about Miller's Lakeland Ale House on the south side, then here's what you got to do. We just had Bam Hardman on. If you can tell us where he played his college football, where he previously coached before he went to the current team, or if you can tell us the current team that he's going to, to coach outside linebackers, then we will send you out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House, 682-1430 at 682 682- 1430. Daryl, how you doing tonight, my man? All right. I got a better question than those. All right. The the fabled counselor was on, and he brought up the problem there was storming the field Yeah. at, 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 at Florida Field. When was the last time we had a game victory up there that we were even interested in storming the field? Uh, 1982 Southern Cal. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Tell the fable counselor that the first thing they have to do up there is put is put a put let's let's have one of those games and then let let's test that security. Yeah, there you they go. haven't had anything to test the security in at least five years. I stormed the field. I stormed the field at one Gator game, but it wasn't at Gainesville. It was in Jacksonville in 1984 when we beat Georgia 27 oh, yeah. nothing. We all stormed the field that day, oh. and uh, then I think Georgia stormed the field the following year. And then they started to take security measures. Yeah. <laughs> it really is difficult now. I don't. I, I just. I, I'm. I'm waiting for that game that we can storm the field. That Georgia. That Florida Georgia game was great, as I recall. Georgia had the ball like first and goal at one point, and it was a fairly close game. And did we pick off a pass and run it for a touchdown? It was that- actually uh, it right happened right in front of me too. A ninety-three yard touchdown pass. Ninety-six. Ninety-six okay, yard touchdown yeah. pass. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're right. Ninety-six. Yeah, because Kerwin we, we Bell did the to Ricky Natiel. Yeah, we got this goal line stand right as the third quarter ended. That's right. Andre Pulpwood Smith was denied yeah. on fourth down. Yeah. <laughs> Pulpwood. <laughs> yeah. You know, Ronnie, I'd forgotten about Pulpwood Smith. There's another good question for you. But anyway, who did he play for? Did he play for Georgia? Yeah, he did. Andre Pulpwood Smith. I remember him. Yeah. Where did he play high school ball? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't. Listen. The Gator basketball team is looking really good right now. They are. Yeah, they they really I love the way that they made the adjustment to the zone defense 
when they were struggling there for a little bit, and they started uh, getting uh, great play and great cohesion between the guards and uh, Samuel and the other big men. And uh, Samuel lit it up last night. Wow, what a game. If he could only hit free throws. Yeah. He'll have to work on that. (laughs) You know what? The the area that he plays most in, he doesn't need to worry about throwing the ball very far. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And when you're six anyway, nine, six and the ten, other like guy he gets, is, he gets kicked out of the game for for sassing the ref, basically. Well, what they happens? count technical fouls like that as as personal fouls. Yeah, and he had three, then commits the foul, which he should have uh, not done. But then he says something to the ref who tees him up. Now all of a sudden he has five, and that's, that's it. Right. And there's 14 minutes to go. That could have been disastrous. Yeah. Well, really we, we we were watching it about that time that happened, and I thought. This is not good. And I believe we were playing a team that hadn't won in the conference all year. Is You're that right. right? They're 0-15 now. They were 0-14 then, yeah. Uh, there'll be a coaching change there. And there'll be a coaching change at Arkansas, I think, too. And, you know, oddly enough, the guy who is the coach at Missouri, one of my grandsons, they go to a school in Tallahassee where Mike Norvell's kids go. And they also um, the women's basketball coach at FSU – her daughter goes there, and her the father of that child is the basketball coach at Missouri. Well, I think I, – I don't – well, it, it's the, – the conference is tough, but I think you and I can both agree that when you – if they go 0-16, it's hard to believe. And this is not his first year. Didn't he have a pretty decent year last year? I uh, I don't know. I don't think anybody expected this sort of this sort of problem because their players aren't that bad. Their players aren't that bad, but uh, yeah, these. I think he's going. They're they're going to let him stay for another year, and he's got a big recruiting class coming in. But uh, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm I wouldn't. I, I I think his players are still playing hard for him, and they seem to have a plan in mind. And maybe this year was supposed to be a step back. Daryl, unfortunately, we've got a caller that wants to win the sports quiz. Well, uh, I hope he's got the right answer. We'll talk to you later, All guy. right. Thank you for calling, Daryl. Thanks, Daryl. All right. We've got somebody that's hungry and thirsty on the line with us. Jonathan, how are you doing tonight? Not bad. How are you? Uh, fantastic. You hungry and thirsty? Yeah, a little bit. All right. Just a little bit? Oh, man. Uh, maybe should... I'll be more ready. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, all right. Did you enjoy listening to Bam uh, earlier? He was fun, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, great guy. Of course. Do you know where he played his college football, or do you know where he previously coached before he got the new job, where he's headed now? Any yeah, one of those answers. He played at University of Florida. There you go. That's the right answer. He coached at Troy, and uh, they won 23 games in the last two years under head coach John Sumrall, and now he's headed to Tulane with Coach Sumrall to coach the outside linebackers there. That's right. So uh, are you a Gator fan, or who are your teams? So I grew up a big Gators fan, and then I went to school at UCF. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Nice nation. So, what, how are you feeling about this season with uh, Coach Malzahn and the, and the Knights? I mean, I hope we can get back to some of the better days that we had when – they declared their own national championship when they went undefeated. <laughs> anyway, you know, it's a big move to go into the Big 12 uh, like they did last year, and there was a bit of an adjustment period. But uh, as the season went on, they seemed to do uh, not too bad. 
I, th- I think there's a, they seem to be pretty optimistic over there in Orlando. Well, the Knights come to Gainesville this year. Oh, that's right. Wow, yeah. that's big. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, they've beaten us. They, they beat us in the uh, Gasparilla Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Gators are, are, are going to have to uh, uh, definitely improve in a lot of areas, especially defensively when they're facing some of these tough foes. I don't see any easy games on the schedule at all. Samford, <laughs> I think, is about the only one. Okay. Hope, hopefully <laughs> probably, we can beat Samford. They'll probably have a career season there, too. Yeah, exactly. Who was it that scored 52 points on I us? I think it was couple, them. It was them yeah. a couple of years ago. See, it's got to, Jonathan, got to play defense to win in the SEC. That's the name of the game. Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, thank you so much for calling, Jonathan. And uh, if you'll hang on the line, Eric will get your information. And uh, when he starts asking for your bank account and your credit card numbers, don't give him those, okay? Stop it, Ronnie. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, But we'll get that out to the alehouse. You'll have 30 days to claim it. And um, we'll have it out there as early as tonight. But you don't don't go out there tonight, but you can go out there as early as tomorrow, and we'll have it out there for you. Appreciate you. All right. Thank you so much, Jonathan. We appreciate you listening. All right. Well, Coach Joe, we're getting some calls in here. That's good. Yeah, yeah. The phone, phone lines are hot tonight. Oh, yeah. Know? Yeah, no and doubt. We appreciate uh, Jonathan and Daryl and uh, the counselor and Bam Hardman for joining us uh, tonight on the show. It yeah. always, always makes for some great conversation. Well, you know, today would have been the 100th birthday of Al Rosen in – Here's a little-known fact about Al Rosen. You know, he was a great general manager, a great baseball player, a World War II veteran. He actually was in the U.S. Navy and commanded a landing craft in the invasion of Okinawa. And my dad did the same thing in the same invasion. Um, so I, I don't know if my dad, my late father, would have known him or not. I don't know if they were on the same ship. It didn't say. But <clears throat> Al Rosen held the rookie home run record with 37 for a long time until a guy named Mark McGuire broke it. <laughs> they hit 49 home runs, and they they were probably legitimate home runs then. He probably wasn't Yeah, you know, steroids. if you see Mark McGuire in the late 80s, back on that uh, 1989 championship team with Oakland, he, he in those couple of years between Oakland and St. Louis, he got way bigger. Yeah, <laughs> he got, like he Barry Bonds. Up. Yeah, because he was fairly thin at first, like Bonds. You see the pictures of them when they started, and then a couple of years later, oh my goodness, the, the different steroids made. <laughs> oh yeah, unbelievable. But uh, it appeared, from what we know, that those were 49 legitimate home runs in his rookie mm-hmm. season, and he took time off at the end because his wife was having a baby, so he didn't play like the last three or four games. Yeah, you know, he he was a power hitter. He had power to begin with. The steroids, though, allowed him to bulk up and go from hitting 35, 40 home runs to hitting 70. Yeah, well, the same thing with Bonds. I mean, exactly. he yeah. was hitting like 25 home runs. and Well, Bonds was a great hitter, period. He could always, yeah. and the, the steroids gave him incredible power. Uh, yeah, no doubt about it. And you just, you hate to see all that stuff, but that's the way it is. And <clears throat> But Al Rosen actually went to the University of Florida. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was there one semester. And then he left to go play minor league baseball, and then Pearl Harbor happened, so he joined the Navy and was in the Navy for, I think, three or four years. So um, that that's one of those things. And Al Rosen is actually related to a good friend of mine named Ellis Hirsch, who is also related to Elroy Crazy Lakes Hirsch. I was wondering about that and when you Ellis said Hirsch. Ellis Hirsch yeah. played football at the University of Miami with George Myra, 
And uh, he said he sat the bench behind Bill Miller, who was a great wide receiver. Are they related to Sonny Hirsch? A long-time long-time broadcaster for the Canes? I don't know. I'll have to ask him. Okay. (laughs) I'll have to ask him about that. But, um, yeah, Elroy Crazy Legs Hirsch. How about that? And Al Rosen. Well, next week, Coach Joe's not going to be here, right? No, yeah. Sorry, Ronnie. Uh, Hopefully, uh, you're going to have a great show on your own, as you always do when I'm not here. He's deserting me. I'm going to have to find somebody to come in. We're going to have to call Indeed. We need Indeed.com. 